Hi, Tom Bernard here. You're listening to Best of the Family. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Tommy, how long have you been at KQ? 36 years now. Wow, that's loyalty. Well, if I'm completely honest, it isn't the company that I'm loyal to. It's the listeners. I figured out a long time ago they're the only reason I have a job. Why are you asking? Well, we had another great month at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan. In fact, Burnsville continues to be the number one Nissan store in Minnesota. The loyalty part. Get to the loyalty part. Oh, yeah. This month, if you buy or lease a new Rogue or a Pathfinder from us, we'll give you an extra 500 off as long as you own or are leasing a Nissan. That is cool. Do they have to trade it? Nope. It's just a reward for being loyal. By the way, the new Pathfinder is fantastic. It's got a nine-speed transmission, and JLo says it'll practically pull the building. We also cut a deal with our good buddy Charlie Swenson, who's running a Nissan store in Chicago. He gave us some extra rogues. Because Charlie's such a nice guy. Well, Paul might have threatened him. Sounds like Paul. For details, go to Walzer Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan and claim your loyalty gift. Tommy, give him some Elvis loyalty. Thank you. Thank you very much. There are definitely things to avoid during a Minnesota winter, like licking a flagpole or waiting too long to replace that car battery. But number one on the list is taking a chance on your furnace. Hey, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, reminding you that a furnace clean and tune will improve efficiency, reliability, and peace of mind. Or maybe it's time to take advantage of Sabre's rebates and upgrade to an energy-efficient Bryant system. Don't take chances on your comfort. Visit SabreHeating.com. Sabre and Bryant. Whatever it takes. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. I uh, I don't understand something here. This is the headline. This may be a demographic shock to baby boomers. Those under age 40 now outnumber their older generations. Yeah, what's that would make That's sense. That's shocking? How is that shocking? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't really understand that because that would include newborns. So it's shocking that what? <laughs> well, sorry, boomers, millennials, and their younger siblings and children now make up a majority of the U.S. population, oh, per sorry. the AP. Yeah. 
Uh, new analysis by the Brookings Institution shows that 50.7% of U.S. residents were under age 40 as of July 2019. It's like saying scientists discover that old people die. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's the same just, argument. Yeah, I figured that one. I just, uh, why would this come as a shock to anybody? Of course it's true. There are more people on Earth. That means they would be having more babies, yeah. which means under 40 would have more people. Yeah. How is that hard to figure out? And it's yeah, and not. why is this so disappointing to baby boomers? Exactly. Why would we give a? We're going to be dead soon anyway. Why would we? Yeah, <laughs> You won't even remember that you guys well, are. What's your name again? Right. So, how old are the oldest baby boomers? Because they're pretty old, I'm pretty sure. Oh, are they really? See, well, forty. Uh, they said forty. 1946. Forty-six. So, Seventy-four 70, years old would be yeah. the oldest baby boomers. 74 would be the oldest. 74 is the average age of death in America. I feel like my entire life, when somebody said baby boomer, I just assumed that they were 65 plus. Like, since I've I've been like 18 years old, whatever, like, so like two years ago? Yeah, two years ago. I said Wisconsin education for you. Every time people said baby boomers, I was just like, oh, like, that's my grandparents. They're baby boomers. Uh, The youngest ones are only 56 right now. So, hey. Hmm. They're fifty. So the, old, the youngest ones are fifty six. Yeah, nineteen sixty four. I suppose I know, that makes sense. Because when I was growing up, I wasn't even considered a baby boomer. No, you. And then not. all of a sudden, no, there's like more and more two, people. There's this whole situation about how baby boomer, like, there's two different. It depends on who you talk to. Yes, exactly. Sometimes it's that's how from the whole world is. This <laughs> year to this year, and then other times it's this year to this year. It's like it just it depends on yeah who the you person. talk to. Yeah, there's a there's, there's no formal definition because I mean a generation it doesn't really mean yeah. anything like what do you have in common with someone born in 1946 not, not, not a much. whole lot nothing mm-hmm. but you're part of the same generation but it's like what does that really mean it's all a hoax anyway like, it is they're just trying to group people together to get them to think certain ways and stuff like Arguable. that like, that's, hey yeah, you're that's, catching on that's the only reason there's like old millennials and Jackson that. and that stuff yeah so. Wisconsin well, education's no, going. I'm different. Minnesota's. <laughs> I'm okay, special. Ladies and gentlemen, this is typical of news media these days, and I don't know why they love to do this, but they love to do this. A typical final line of the story. Millennials typically are defined as being born between 1981 and 1996. Mm-hmm. Baby boomers were born between the end of World War II and the arrival of the Beatles in the United States. What? Interesting. <laughs> huh? Not what? What? What the hell? 1964, in other words. Yeah. But why would you put? Why frame that it that way? Yeah, that's it's an right. odd way of framing it. I don't, don't you think like it, shouldn't it just be like every 25 years or every 20 years or right. something like that should just yeah. be the definition of kind of where you would be? Indeed, yeah. Because there's only 17 years between. Uh, between the last baby boomers and the first uh, millennial. 17 years? Yeah, as far as the births, yeah. Uh, yeah. Born Wait. in 1964, born in 1981. So. so, I mean, don't most people have children between the ages of, depending on where? Well, yeah. By the way, 15 and... <laughs> I was told by a study this morning 30? that I'm a very lazy uh, parent. Because most people have babies when they're in their 20s. 
and I was 32 when Andy was born, so I guess I, apparently I was lazy and trying to avoid being a father. Or just living your best life uh-huh. with no kids as long as you possibly could. Or waiting until I thought <laughs> I might be a halfway decent <laughs> father. I love you guys. Well, Rude. The, Rude. the average age of their first child for women is up to 28 now. So, it is? Yeah. How first old was child? I had fun. In America. 27? Probably about that. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, she's four. Yes. I'm 31. Yeah, that's 27. So, yeah. so you were ahead of the curve. Well, then you were 29 year. when you had Sage. In 1970, yeah. it was 24 and a half was your first child. But people are waiting now. Well, now I know people that are having kids at almost 40 and 40. Yeah, I don't know about that one. I don't know. The average man is about the same age. 27. Well, because Dan, well, Dan I mean, is you'll four, be 70 well, Dan by is, the time your kid's 30. Yeah. yeah, Dan's four years older than me, so he was 31 when we had fun. Yeah. I oh, think wait. it's more so like, when are they out of the house in high school so that way I can go back to like living, doing like normal things? Like, at least when I think of it, like, it's like, okay, if it's I have a kid by, you, is it? if yes. I have a kid at like 30, <laughs> that means Bachelor. when I'm, when I'm 48, I can, like, I'll have, I can do whatever I want and I'm not so old that I just sit right. around eating oatmeal all day. Well, the my average, kids the average <laughs> age gap, all day like that's what old people two. do. Yeah. The average <laughs> age gap between men and women is three years. So the average first child for a man is when they're 31 now. Actually, you know what? I misspoke. Hey, Dan was right on There that. you go. I misspoke because I was 32 when I got married. I was, all, I was. Two, a week and a half away from being Five. 34. When well, you I'm were 35. Be 34, maybe even 35. So, hey. 35 when you were born and 37 when you were born, Alex. Yeah, that's weird. You know, kid had another kid. <laughs> 37 when I was born? That's yeah, why you can't I relate. Seem old. Yeah. yeah, that's why it's just the, it's a generational mm-hmm. thing. Great talking to both of you. Yeah, I'm basically, really nice. I'm slated to have the exact same thing going. I'm gonna yeah, be you are. Probably 35. Well, yeah, you're married one. at 32. But then we're probably going to wait at three, four years because, I don't know, two kids under two at the same time? No, thanks. It is hard. It's a party. <laughs> yeah. It's a party. You just yeah, got to avoid the, the oops one when it's like 14 and then, oh, now we started over with another. Oh, oh yeah. God, yep. no. I, know, I don't understand. There's the surgery for that. There I, don't, is, I, yeah. say, <laughs> I have some friends that they're like, we're done having kids. And then they're complaining about like birth control and stuff. I'm like, snip, snip. Yeah, yes. Okay. What? Just stop. It's what an outpatient <laughs> situation. Just stop like, it. What is the point? You get to have happening. all the fun with none of the risk like, moving why? forward. Why would you not do that? <laughs> all right. It's very weird. I understand yes. completely, but no, I am really glad that I waited till I was 32 to get married and 35 and 37 to have <laughs> children. And one of these days I may mature. Eventually. You know, eventually. It, you're better could happen yeah. anywhere. Well, that's why you get that's why you get married and have kids so they can be the mature one and then you can that's continue, true. yeah, be a child. I just daughter around. Yeah. Well, I feel like for me that's that lines up. What? I've been more mature than you for a long time. Oh, here we go. Yeah. I mean, when I think mature, you think it. you and Andy. But I wasn't listening. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me. I have always been the oldest lady in the world. Like yes. in high school, people would that call me true. mom because they're like, you just take care of everybody. You and never I know. Do I'm anything. like, just drink some beer and make out with somebody soul. already. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Andy I mean, was known as the youngest Jewish grandfather in America. I know. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm surprised, speaking of youngest... He's not even Jewish or a grandfather. I'm surprised none none of you have mentioned the change to me. The change? I don't have a beard anymore. Yoda? Oh, my God! Oh, you're behind a computer screen! (laughs) 
Yeah, I could None None of you even notice. I got reading I just, glasses on, so I can't see. We just had clearly. this beard conversation with Andy cutting it like two day, two weeks ago. Yeah, well, I've been having rashes because of the clipper. Something about uh, the clipper has been causing a reaction. So Andy, I just, you need to sharpen your blade. <laughs> I cannot see <laughs> under your nose. Knows. Yeah. So yeah. I literally had I didn't no idea. No I know. I would have said your lips. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. If I go like this, now I would have said it. something. Mm-hmm. If I would have seen the bottom half of your face, I would have said something. You might, you might need to sharpen your clippers if you want to keep a beard. They're new clippers. They're yeah. brand new. I remember you just bought them. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I remember that. But, yeah, apparently I look a lot younger without a beard. Here You're we go. You're worried about looking young? Well, no, Dan I'm just looks... saying. I, <laughs> really? I shaved my beard. I thought I would look older because, you know, beards hide wrinkles it... and imperfections and stuff. Oh, Dan looks like... 14 when he has short hair. Short hair? Oh, well. Like short hair? He yeah. looks so young. It's weird. I look back at pictures. I'm like, you're a child. Mm-hmm. My God, there's more battling going on in the Spears family. That's hard to believe that Britney Spears is still fighting with her dad. Well, she's like diagnosed with every mental illness yeah, in the she world. Is. So. What a sad thing that what is. Happened? She what happened? What does like, Hollywood do to yeah, these poor children? I don't know. What do they do to these women? These poor children. Yeah, what did they true. do to them? Well, they were thing, sexualizing her when she was a teenager. Uh, and yeah, she was yeah. definitely. Well, it's interesting, though, because it's like you look at Britney Spears and you look at Mandy Moore, and Mandy Moore was never sexualized. <clears throat> No. At all. And no. she now is like, she seems to be a very normal human being still. Oh, but there's like Amanda Bynes never did the whole sexual thing. Yeah. And she went and completely she went crazy. Isn't she the one that tried to beat up Johnny Depp? No, that's um, Amber Heard. Amber Much Heard. Older. Wait, I like how Andy Amber knows Heard, more but... about celebrities than you do. <laughs> yeah, how the hell is that even The world is definitely... All right, we got to take a break because our special guest, Steve Sharippa, will join us right after this. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with a lot of multi-generational, family-owned businesses. Take Raymond Auto Body of St. Paul, for example. Four generations of the Slomkowski family having successfully run the business. When they were ready to expand, we helped them acquire a new building, allowing them to service more vehicles in their state-of-the-art shop. We've also helped them set up the next generation of owners, keeping the business and family for years to come. Tom here. If you want a family business like me or any business, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. I know them and trust them with my banking. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced, professional bankers. Sounds like we really won you over, Tommy. Well, let's not get crazy, Brad. Seriously. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience member, FDIC, and equal housing lender? Listen up, drivers. Are you doing the same thing every day, driving the same hours, making the same money? Well, stop and listen. Priority Courier Experts has a wide range of driving opportunities available right now. So if you're a professional driver or determined to become one, we can show you the benefits of partnering with Priority. Hey, Forrest, can you tell the good drivers of the Twin Cities which vehicles Priority has available in their lease-to-own program? Well, I'd really like my friend Bubba to help me with this. Forest, we have dock trucks, tractor-trailer trucks, flatbed trucks, curtain-side dock trucks, flatbed Moffat trucks, Ford Transit and Transit Connect Vans trucks. Hey, Forrest, shouldn't we have a shrimp truck? Bubba? 
I think you're on to something there. There you have it. Every kind of vehicle you could imagine, all doing same-day deliveries in town. Call Priority right now, and we'll get you on the road. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Our very special guest, Talking Sopranos with hosts Michael Imperioli and Steve Sharippa. TalkingSopranos.Simplecast.com. Our very special guest, Steve Sharippa. How are you, sir? What's happening, pal? How are you? Marvelous. Simply marvelous. Everything good? Yeah, when are you coming back on the morning show again? We do the afternoon podcast. You come on, but we got to have you on the morning show to talk uh, about this, hey, too. Whatever you want. It's hard, but I'm in California, so it's too early for me. Oh, uh, here we go. Too well, I mean, that would be too early. I, I don't wake up that early. All right. Uh, when I get back to morning. New York, I'll do it. It's just at 4 o'clock in the morning. What's wrong with that? Yeah, Pretty early. When I get back to New York, we'll do it. All right, that you? sounds good. I'm doing extremely well. And since you you won't do the morning show, I'm going to talk about the Christmas donkey again, like we did last time we got old. It was hilarious. Christmas donkey, you want to keep bringing that up. <laughs> I told you, how long ago did I tell you De Niro was an asshole? <laughs> I told you that years ago, and now the whole world found out. You told me years ago, you go, it's Tommy, true. Tommy, Robert De Niro is a flaming asshole. I told you that. Now, did I tell you, which I've told 20 years ago, uh, the story about how Ellen dissed me yep. at the Emmy Awards. Yep. I don't know if I ever told you that one. You but did, yeah. Now the world is caught up with that. She seems so sweet. Nah, that's all an act. She's a good actress. I, I guess mean, so. You know? Oh, there's a lot more. There's just a lot more that I don't even know, but there's a whole bunch of shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a bunch of stuff on her, you know. I mean, just that, you know, that's... You know, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand why. I mean, you know, you you are, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, one of the chosen ones right. of all the, uh, you know, talented people out there. Uh, she's had an incredible career, made a fortune. And what else do you want? Why? You, yep. you should be nicer. Each year you should get nicer and nicer. As the more success you have and as you get older. I mean, what's the problem? I couldn't agree more, Steve. I mean, I did. Uh, people across the board, I just tell them, hey, Steve Sharippa, one of the nicest guys you'd ever want to talk to. You've always been a great guy. Always. Well, thanks. I mean, I'm just like a real guy. I mean, listen, uh, uh, you know, you're lucky. I'm, I'm making a living doing what I want to do. Uh, it's not always easy, don't get me wrong. I mean, but, you know, I, I've been very lucky and, and I've worked hard and, you know, I made a good living. You know, I mean, uh, what, 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 do you want? How big a piece of the pie is everybody supposed to get, you know? That's a good point. One thing I will tell you, though, is the, the media has jumped on the bandwagon because they are digging up the ugliest pictures of, of, of her that they can find. She looks like an 80-year-old yeah, well, man. The media also is just horrible. When they're on, they're on you, they're on you, man. They don't, oh, yeah. they don't let go. They're like a dog with a bone. <laughs> they just keep on coming, you know? I mean, you know, listen, I don't know everything. I never was on her show. One... I'm sure she never wanted me. Number two, I, I my publicist knew never to even pitch me over there, you know. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know all the stories, but she blamed the executive producer. Believe me, even when you're the star of a show, you know what's going on. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, absolutely. You know what's going on. Come on, man. You know, you know let me tell you, Leno, 
was a very, you know, I, I, I did 40 Jay Leno's. And I was a correspondent, so I was around for a while, quite a bit, for a number of years. And it was very pleasant all the time. Now, do they work hard and they have their, you know, their stuff? But Jay couldn't have been nicer. The the staff couldn't have been nicer. And that's a pleasant experience. I don't think it was like that with Letterman. I hear horror stories. Oh, he's a terrible Letterman. guy. Yep. Uh, horrible stories. And now he's kind of on a... 2020 apology tour, you know, after making all that money and making people's lives miserable, mm -hmm. he's on an apology tour out there being a bullshit artist that he is, you know, <laughs> I don't know him, I've never done the show, but I have some very close friends there that I know some uh, real, real stuff, you know, uh, so I don't know, I don't get it. Steve, that's why you and I get along so well, because you and I see the world the same way. It's like, yeah, if you want to be a pain in the ass, be a prick about things, that's your business. I, yeah, I love there's that. there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. I mean, there are. You know, I, I, don't, I don't really get it, but there's a whole lot of people, bitter or whatever. But, you know, it's almost like, uh, you know, what do you want? Like I said, how much do you get? How much does each one of us get? Well, you know, you just say, hey, you know, I'm doing okay. But, but, but. You always want to do better, but... You know. I will never forget this, Steve, several years ago. Uh, I have you on the, uh, you were on the morning show then because you were in New York. You come on the morning show and, and blah, blah, blah. And you said, hey, do you like the sauce? And I said, what are you talking about? He goes, my spaghetti sauce, you like? I said, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Steve sent me a case of spaghetti sauce, and my coworkers stole it. They snatch them, those goddamn uh, ad sales guys. <laughs> They're creepy guys, those ad sales guys. I know. Those I've dealt with enough of them, yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, you know Kostakiomopoulos uh, is, right? Kostakiomopoulos? Uh-huh, uh-huh. He said to say hello that the first time he ever talked to you, you were you were booking uh, acts out in Vegas, uh -huh. and he called you for to try to line up an audition. He said, "I know five hundred guys like you, and I never heard of you." And you hung up on him. <laughs> That's very possible. He goes, very very possible. Doesn't even deny it. I like that. <laughs> I, uh, I think. I think. He's, who's he married to? Isn't he married to a comic? He was. That 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 ended a while back. But who's that? Who's a comic? Oh, oh blonde God. woman. Damn it! I can see your face, but I can't remember her name. She's a very nice woman too. She's 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 actually about as tall as he was. She's about six two. Oh, call her. Uh, uh, God, she what's had her? a talk show. No. Yeah, she had a talk show for a while. Yep, yeah, she yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was on Sabrina. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Well, tell them I said hello. You know. But listen, you know the one thing about booking the comics that I was just telling somebody. I was on some uh, Greg Fitzsimmons podcast. Who's a good yeah, guy? Great guy. And you know, listen, there's no winning because if you book a guy. Okay, you're not paying him enough. If he's headlining, he wants more money. If he's middling, he wants a headline. If he's an MC, he's happy to get the gig, and then he wants the middle. So, you know, you, you, you're a bad guy no matter what you do. There's right. no winning, you know. You pay the guy top dollar. You know, there's some people. The people you don't book hate you. I saw something on Facebook uh, not long ago from 30 years ago. Now... Don't forget, I haven't been, I started at the Riviera in 1986, and I was booking numerous yep. things, but we're going back over 30 years ago. They were still complaining, comics, about me not booking them. <laughs> he never booked me. I guess I wasn't from 
from New York. Another guy chimed in. Yeah, I asked him for a raise, and he got mad at me. And I mean, thirty something years ago, let it go, man. Let it go. No, I understand completely. Yeah, you started there the same year I started on the KQ Morning Show, and I'm still there, thirty five years later. Wow. That's a long time. Good for you. That's a good run, brother. You can't complain about that. I'm going to start treating everybody like Ellen. It's going to be yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, that's all. She's, a, I mean, I, she's so nasty. She's got a expensive house on the water, and I, I just don't understand. But, you know, De Niro, and it has nothing to do with politics, because I could give two shits about Trump. But uh, that he, you know, complains. That's not why I don't like him. I don't like him because he's a nasty, greedy pig of a human. Robert De Niro? I mean, honestly. And and people have realized that. There's not enough money for him. I mean, uh, you know, how much do you get? He makes $20 million a year or more just from the restaurants, the Nobu restaurants. Nobu, yeah. You know, I mean, what what do you want? You know, so, he's not hey, a pleasant person. That's very, very. But, but wasn't he a rich kid? And wasn't, didn't his dad have a lot of money? No, nah, I don't think so. Oh, he his didn't. Father was a uh, a very good artist. I actually like his father's stuff. Oh, I'm okay. not an art guy, but he they have a restaurant in Tribeca in Manhattan, and right. a lot of his father's works are hanging in there. Uh, his father, I think, was a struggling oh, artist okay. during the Jackson Pollock years in that group in Greenwich Village, and. I think he bought the apartment or the studio that his father once had and left it as is, which oh, is kind of, that, that is interesting to me. I mean, yep. they say it's, you know, you go back in time to the 60s or whatever. And uh, no, I don't think his father, I think his father had more success after he passed away. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I suppose that yeah. would make sense. Yeah. We have got to be talking. Uh, is there any particular time you have to be off the, off the air? No. Okay, good, because because I just have to take a break in two minutes, but then we'll come back for another 10-minute segment after that if you've got time to do it, because I want to talk a lot about working with Michael Imperioli, who I also think is a terrific actor. I love, I've had him, he's never been on the podcast, but I've had him on the morning show. Very nice man. Yeah, the best guy, the best guy. He had one of my favorite lines in the history of Sopranos. And what's that new TV show, that Law & Order SUV? He's, yeah. uh, he's, a, he's a terrific guy, a terrific writer, yeah. He is. So how did you set up Talking Sopranos? You've been, you've been at that for a while now, right? We've been doing it for, uh, we started April 6th. Uh, you know, we got approached to do it. We weren't sure. You know, we're, we're really close friends, you know, for 20 years, you know, <clears> since the show. We've done a bunch of stuff together. Michael Rowan directed a movie that I was uh, one of the leads in. Uh, he's been on Blue Bloods, he's been on Secret Life with me. We've done numerous uh, movies together. And uh, we got approached and we weren't sure about it. And then I saw that there's all these podcasts, Soprano podcasts yeah. out there, yep. by people that have nothing to do with the show at all. People know nothing. And I'm going, what, what is this? What does this guy know? You know, I mean, he's just an observer. He's like, uh, you know, 10 million other fans, you know. So uh, we decided, okay, let, let's do a rewatch. Neither one of us saw the show in 20 years. And uh, we did, we're going to get ready to do it in a studio in New York together. And then the pandemic hit. Oh, you know? God. And yeah. uh, we say, who gives a shit? I, I, you know, we were obviously depressed. And miserable. Michael was in California. I was in New York, and 
it was horrible there, man, at the, especially at the beginning. Just just horrible. Uh, you know, uh, people dying all over the place. I lost three or four people that I, I was friends with. And, oh, uh, man. We said, man, who gives a shit about a TV show now? You know, uh, I, you know, who really cares? Sopranos, no Sopranos, the world's coming to an end. And uh, a few weeks went by, it had been announced, and people started contacting us on social media, rewatching the show, and please do it, and you know, blah, blah, blah. So we said, let's, let's try it. Let's see how we feel. And we started it. You know, we're doing it on Zoom. So we're on YouTube. And we're on, uh, you know, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, it's been going great. We've had guests. We've had Edie Falco, Lorraine Brocco today. Oh, uh, phenomenal. They came out today, Lorraine. And we've had Edie. We've had uh, the kids. We've had, uh, we've got, all, you know, the cast, the crew, directors, producers, costume designer, casting people who's ever made the show a success. And, uh it's been going great, man. We've had over three and a half million downloads since we started. Wonderful. Uh, you know, and it's uh, something to do. It's fun. Seems to get people's mind off of this crap for an hour and a half, two hours, uh, once a week. They seem to be enjoying it, and uh, I'm enjoying watching the show again, which I haven't seen at all. Uh, so uh, it's like me and Michael having lunch once a week, and we discuss the show, and whatever else is on our mind and uh it's been it's been a lot of fun it's been pretty good people are enjoying it which makes it more fun you know we are back ladies and gentlemen uh here's the deal our pal steve sharippa on with us he's talking about talking sopranos with host mike imperioli and steve sharippa Catherine was just talking about how much she, she loves you, Steve, because you come on and you act like a man. You, you don't get on your knees and kiss ass. You just come on and go, yeah, fuck them. I hate ass yeah, kissing. Whatever. Listen, <laughs> man, it is. I'm too old to be doing You know what? I'll be honest with you. you know, listen, we all got to, you know, when you work for someone, you've got to play the game to a degree. Let's not kid ourselves. You can't go in and, and, and uh, you know, whether it be in a hotel or whatever business you're in, you can't tell everybody what's on your mind completely. <laughs> but you don't have to take shit. And I've never ate shit, ever. You know? Not in show business. Not at the, when I was an executive in the casino. I could have been further ahead there. Believe me, if I would have played their games and I did not want to, and I did just fine. And the same thing here. You know, people will say to me, you got to meet this director. you got to meet that. I don't want to meet anybody. Unless they're giving me a job, I don't want to meet them. I don't need another friend. Uh, I'll be polite. I'm a gentleman. I'm professional. I do my job. If you like what I do, I'd love to work for you. But I'm not going to kowtow to you to give me a job and be a sniveling Hollywood suckhole. You know, I'm not going to do that. Well, that's interesting. It's never going to happen. Yeah, because it just it, that seems to be the way Hollywood is run. Oh, yeah. Yeah, completely. Well, listen, Ellen had all these friends. Now, why aren't these people that come on her show, yep. right? And they are A-list. A-list. She's an A-list stop. Yep. You got a movie. You got a new album out. You got whatever it is, a book. You go on Ellen. Why aren't they stepping forward and saying, wait a minute. Ellen's been the greatest person ever to me. I love her to death. Yeah, that's true. Why aren't I don't, they? I don't hear that. You know, Michael Imperioli did her show years ago. He said she was wonderful to him. Okay. 
you know, he said it on the podcast. She was great, beautiful. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, why aren't they stepping up and saying, hey, listen, because I would. You would. I, would. I know you would, Steve. Hey, listen, I've been on Jay Leno. You could say what you want, but he was great to me. That's all I could go by. He's always been a great guy. He's, he's been on my yeah, money you know, show listen, I'm sure people have their beefs with him. Not everybody yeah. is great to everybody, right, Tom? But, hey, <laughs> I can only go by my experience, you know. I had a bad experience with Ellen. No, so, you're absolutely right. You know, uh, you know I've, I've done uh, every show. T- t- today's show, they're all great. Matt Lauer, I know they, you know, he got wiped out. I don't like if he really did do what he, they said, but Matt was a good guy. And Al Roker and Katie Couric and Hoda, and, and I could go on and on of all the shows I've done. And I've had almost always, Geraldo's an ass wipe. He happens to be an ass wipe. Geraldo Rivera, you know, which I think everyone kind of knows anyway, right? Tom's busy destroying yeah. the studio. Oh, no, I, I actually don't want things around. He's twirling chairs and knocking stuff over for some reason. I'm not knocking anything. Everything is wrong. Are you like Geraldo, Tom? You know what? I've talked to Geraldo a couple of times, and he, you know, Geraldo's one of those kind of guys that if, that if you can do something for him, he's very nice to you. you know, uh, right. It's that kind of deal. I, I went on a show. I had a bad experience. But, hey, you no. know. I, I I got really you know I, as far as as Geraldo is concerned I got nothing good or bad to say I don't really know him at all yeah. I um uh, yeah he's been okay to me but one but again as long as you can do something for him he's a nice guy listen I'm sure he's fine he's uh, you know I I don't know I just had a bad experience when I went on the show I didn't talk to him except for on the air so I don't know you know. Let's. I want. I, we we got like six minutes left. Let's pick some more pricks to talk about because I am enjoying this immensely. You know, I don't have all that many. You know. I mean, I talk about it on the podcast. You know, the biggest prick in the world that there's no bigger prick. Well, there's two. Uh, Bill De Blasio, the mayor of New York, oh. is the worst human on the face of the earth. Yes, I agree. Okay, so let's do that. Let's just not talk about him because it upsets me. Do you know Pat Cooper? Oh yeah. Sure, Pat Cooper. One nice of the Italian boy. Fucking guy. <laughs> fucking guy. You're right. Bad man. He's 91 years old. He's so horrible that they don't even want, you know, he's just a horrible guy. Uh, he was a mediocre comic at best. At best. Uh, I told the story, you know, I was once friendly with him, and he got blackballed from Las Vegas oh. many years, and he lived there. And he, he didn't play there for many years because he would always have a problem. They would book him. He would open for, you know, all these acts. And he would have a problem of pretty shortly. And they would get rid of him. So they banned him. And I don't think he had worked there in 17 or 18 years. He was a big draw in Atlantic City when they opened in the early 80s. Oh, yeah. Uh, because of all the Italians and stuff. So. Right. I said to him, I, you know, it was 1995, April 1st. I'll never forget it. And I said, listen, uh, there's a lot of Italians. You know, let's, why don't you do a gig? And I paid him, uh, I think it was five grand with a back end, you know, mm-hmm. with, a, with a back end money. And so he agreed. I said, you know, there's a lot of more Italians than used to be in town here. And I think you'll do well. And blah, blah, blah. We had lunch at the Riv and this and that. So, uh we did the gig. He drew 601 people, which wasn't bad. 
Uh, I, it held a thousand. I took two hundred chairs out, so there was eight hundred plus about fifty, sixty comps. So the room was good. He did well. It was an opening act. I don't know if you guys know Bernie McGrenahan. Mm-hmm. Bernie opened for him. He's a comic, and he did well. And we afterwards we had drinks and something to eat in the suite, and he was all happy. And then the next day, he uh, I had a guy call. And say, how many people did Pat Cooper do last night? Like some stranger called my office. I said, none of your business. I hung up. Right. And then I had a a couple days later a wise guy, a Vegas wise guy, a real guy, Mm. called me who I knew and said, hey, Steve, you know, Pat's complaining. He said the place had over a thousand people and you guys robbed them. Oh, my God. I said, well, it's impossible to rob them. First of all, the, the tickets come out of a computer. I, I, you know, why would they rob him? This wasn't a nightclub guy, a guy collected money at the door. This is, you know, a ticket box office, the whole thing. Right. He said, well, his brother, his son-in-law was there with a clicker. Oh. And he counted, I don't know how many people. And it's impossible because there wasn't that many chairs. So that, it began. And then he started telling lies and stories. We robbed him. That, so bad that my boss wanted me to... He said we should sue him for defamation of character. Uh, you know, in the hotel, he was saying the hotel robbed him. It might hurt us. But everyone knows that he's a screwball and a nut, and that's exactly what happened. So for, for years, and I ran into him, and I'm not kidding you, this was when he was younger. I was on a plane, and I called my, uh, I called my attorney. I said, if Pat Cooper, I'm on the plane, I'm getting ready to take off. Pat Cooper says one word to me, I'm going to knock him out. (laughs) I said, so get ready. You know, just do what you got to do. I'm in Vegas. I'm going back to New York. Pat didn't say, he's a bully. He didn't say one word. And the biggest thing from this, listen to this. So, you know, he had this famous, uh, he had a famous uh, uh, album that every Italian family had. My grandmother had it. And it was him laying in uh, uh, like a hero sandwich, you know, like a sub sandwich. Mm -hmm. It was his his body laying it. That was the cover. And every Italian family in my neighborhood had it. So, but I never listened to it. So when I had to cut a commercial for him in 1995, 25 years ago, I listened. Back then it was cassettes. So on my way to work, I put the cassette in to listen to sound bites that I wanted to use for the commercial. So I was listening to the act. Ba, 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 ba. The act was from 1960, the album, 6061. When I saw his act the night he performed, it was verbatim. <laughs> in 1995. Oh, one of them. I'm not joking, and I'm not talking a little bit, the whole thing. Jeez. Yeah, how about Please. this so, President Kennedy? You know, exactly. <laughs> So, for all these years, he caused me a lot of grief. Oh. I never wanted to confront him. I would hear it from people. He told him lies. I did this. Complete lies. Just lied, lied, lied. Then he started saying I used to smack comics around. That's a complete lie. I've never put a finger on a comic. I mean, I'm working for a corporation in Vegas. You don't think they would be sued? Yeah. They would be fired. Yeah. You know? Uh, so, that's he's a terrible guy and he'll live forever he'll outlive me <laughs> but that's the kind of guy he is, so. son of a bitch
Yeah, Steve, it's always a thrill. you got to come back more often. I miss you when you're not on. Yeah, I'm around, man. I, when I get back to New York uh, next month or so, I'll, uh, I'll come on in the morning. I hope they tune in to Talking Sopranos. You be well, you and your family, and I'll talk to you. You as well, sir. Be well. Thank you, sir. Take care, buddy. Bye. Steve Sharippa talking Sopranos with the uh, hosts Michael Imperioli and Steve Sharippa. He is one of my favorite people. That guy, honest to God, how uh, did we buy spaghetti sauce for what about three years there? Yeah, he kept yeah he kept sending spaghetti sauce. Oh yeah, When my coworkers didn't steal it from me at KQ, so is there anything like, more Italian than just sending spaghetti sauce yeah. to people? That's <laughs> well. pretty much like, true. <laughs> I yeah, like have a goes, case of spaghetti sauce. Uh, Steve Sharip, I love him. that fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love how he also says he doesn't have that many people he doesn't like, and then just lists <laughs> off <laughs> everybody. It's not that many people, except for the worst right. human being. Can you imagine being in that business oh, God, for as long God. as he has oh, yeah. and what he has seen? Yeah, and when he says he oh, hasn't laid gosh. a finger on a comedian, he just meant one that didn't deserve it. Like right. he's Maybe. probably smacked a few around. Maybe that's probably true. Earned it. I love that guy. <laughs> Steve Sharip is one of my favorite people in the world. He kind of reminds me of somebody. Who? Me. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that son of a bitch. <laughs> Tommy, how long have you been at KQ? Thirty-six years now. Wow, that's loyalty. Well, if I'm completely honest, it isn't the company that I'm loyal to. It's the listeners. I figured out a long time ago they're the only reason I have a job. Why are you asking? Well, we had another great month at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan. In fact, Burnsville continues to be the number one Nissan store in Minnesota. The loyalty part. Get to the loyalty part. Oh, yeah. This month, if you buy or lease a new Rogue or Pathfinder from us, we'll give you an extra 500 off as long as you own or are leasing a Nissan. That is cool. Do they have to trade it? Nope. It's just a reward for being loyal. By the way, the new Pathfinder is fantastic. It's got a nine-speed transmission, and JLo says it'll practically pull the building. We also cut a deal with our good buddy Charlie Swenson, who's running a Nissan store in Chicago. He gave us some extra rogues. Because Charlie's such a nice guy. Well, Paul might have threatened him. Sounds like Paul. For details, go to Walzer Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan and claim your loyalty gift. Tommy, give him some Elvis loyalty. Thank you. Thank you very much. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it, and what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Dun, 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 dun. Ladies and gentlemen, I remember I was uh, told years ago when I went to work at Capitol Records, uh, and I'm just repeating what somebody else said. This is not what I think, so don't get mad at me. Said, Tommy, I got to warn you about one thing. 
What's that? Our country singers and most country singers are the dumbest bastards on earth. (laughs) (laughs) I went, okay, well, uh, I don't know anything about country music, but I guess I'll find out. Well, it was just proven to me that he was probably right. It's funny now, not so much at the time, country singer Kane Brown. Does anybody know who Kane Brown is? Mm-mm-mm. He's a country singer. Uh, he got lost. The <laughs> cops had to come find him. You know where he got lost? No. His backyard. His backyard. No. Oh, yep. my God. I was making a joke. Nope. He got <laughs> lost in his own backyard. Well, does he have, like... Yeah, does he oh, have like 30, 30 acres? Oh. Well, it's not that big a backyard. But does he acre have like nothing. an Alzheimer type? What's his Alzheimer name? Brown? Type? Kane Brown. K A N E. Kane Brown. Kane Brown. Uh, by the way, the, the farm we lived at out in, well, LA Nick's house now is what, 29 acres? 28 acres? 22. What's oh, 22? Oh, that's right. They took five acres away from us. I Kane is only 26 years old. Well, I think a 26-year-old so should be able to find his way around. Have his... Did he have? But did he have like a head injury? No, nope. there's got to be something. I don't think so. No. Couple, did he have a couple of lineies? Yeah. By the way, it gets worse. <laughs> okay. Oh dear. So, country singer Kane Brown spoke a little fun of himself by recounting how he got lost in his own backyard and had to be rescued by the police. It's quite a tale. Brown explains that he recently bought a property on 30 acres in Nashville and went out for what was supposed to be a quick exploration on four by fours. He got lost on a 4 by 4 in 30 acres. Man. Uh, per people, they got hopelessly lost in unfamiliar woods. Eventually, Brown called fellow singer Ryan Upchurch, who lives relatively close. He found me with his buddy, and now three turned into five of us lost in oh my, my backyard. Don't you have, like, a phone with GPS? I would think so, yes. Turn your phone on, and there you go. You got your signal. By now it was dark, and one of the people with Kane, the girlfriend of his friend, started freaking out because she has asthma. At that point, they called the police, who eventually arrived to save the day. Another strange... We should defund the police, I thought. So, wait. They had a phone to call the police. That's correct. But they didn't have a phone that had GPS. I'm so confused. And none of the five of them thought to open Google Maps. This is why you need a dog, because Jude could find his way to his... His uh, dinner dish. Yeah, I'm sure he's sure. <laughs> yeah. anywhere from on anywhere Earth. on the planet. It's very true. <laughs> he would be he could right it. over here. I know the way. And we'd follow Daisy deeper into the woods because she smelled the deer. I was gonna yeah, say May would true. just be like, "Bye, yeah. found a squirrel." Daisy would be come back. back. And, yeah, I was gonna say. Well, fa- she wouldn't May lead always, us home. May always she, comes back. She wouldn't lead us home. I think if we she were would lost. eventually for food, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Maybe the story gets worse by the way. No, I don't even know. <laughs> another strange component, Brown writes that another group of Upchurch's friends also were riding around in the hunt and started getting shot at. The cops arrive and hear the gunshots and think we're shooting at them. We yell at them and tell them we are not armed and made oh it out. God. Upchurch, for his part, also took to social media to defend his friend and himself, reports Us Weekly. When you're in pitch black and your eyeballs are open... You can't even see your hand in front of your face. You're on thousands of acres. Thousands of acres? It's 30 Thousands of acres. Look, if you went into somebody else's property, well, you had to, You got to know how big 30 acres is, don't you? Uh, maybe don't they just moved do, there no. from a small apartment in probably, the city, yeah. and, you know, it's like five trees is a forest. Okay, I have a know? question. Yeah, that's probably the first time they've no, been I, off of pavement in their entire lives. No, I think there were lineys involved. You think it might have a little oh. squeal Or maybe hallucinogenics. Maybe. maybe hallucinogenics. Yeah. <laughs> You're probably right about that. But, okay, so for uh, how big is an acre again? I can't remember. Oh, how, my God. What is it, like 150 feet by 200? We should know this, Melissa. It's Isn't on it the f- test. 
4,800 square yards. 4,800 square yards? How about square feet? Because that's what everyone does. Nobody uses square yards. I don't know. Uh, 43,000 square feet. But <laughs> there it is. That doesn't it's tell you one anything. Acre. Yeah. Because you can't visualize 43,000 square feet. How many, yeah, hect- how many hectares? How many hectares? 0.45 hectares. 0.45 hectares, Catherine. That's how many football fields? How many Olympic swimming pools? That's a standard. Uh, actually, that's a good the Football, fi- a football, football field, field is an acre can... and a third. There you go. Okay. There you go. I'm very, very so upset reading that story about Nashville, and I doubt that we're going to be going to Nashville in doesn't November. Look, doesn't look October good. we were going to. <sighs> no fun for anybody. No fun for us at Geist. We wanted Until to go to Geist the for a little German chow. Oh, my gosh. I we love could, that restaurant. We could drive so through. Good. Yeah, we could just drive down to Nashville and eat at Geist and turn around and come back home. Uh, I'm hoping we. I just don't see how it's possible. It's only three months away, less than three months away. It's two and a half months away. So I kind of doubt we'll be going. Yeah, because they would already be starting the whole process right. by now. And well, I'm, I think it's just too hard to plan that far ahead right now. Like yeah, you kind of have to true. live like, what are we doing next week? That's like as far ahead as you can plan. Well. Yeah. But what I mean, as far maybe as like, tra- in, as far like as travel, like, yeah, I mean wise, travel yeah. and just like, yeah, that's what I mean. Well, and, like, even with school for a while, it was like, what's going to be happening? Or is it going to be this? Is it going to be that? What are we going to do? I think this is hilarious. You know, it's, it's voting day in a lot of places, not just uh, primaries in America, or at least in uh, Minnesota. Um, many will hate me, but God forbid you will ever have to face the choice that I had to face. There was an opposition candidate in Belarus. Mm-hmm. She had to leave the country. It got so bad. That happens. It, it's not, that's not the only time that's happened where you got to leave the country. She had to leave the country because of the disputed uh, presidential election. It's no longer uh, it's no longer in dispute because she's long gone. Doesn't even live in Belarus anymore. Gee, I wonder who convinced her to move. Jeez, that's scary. That's a pretty tough crowd right there. Very tough. So did you hear about the uh, Chicago riots? What now? They're, they're calling that um, reparations now. Oh, because they're stealing things. I did see a guy said it was reparations. Yeah. Uh, Ariel Atkins, a BLM organizer, said that she doesn't care if someone decides to loot a Gucci store or a Macy's. Because that makes sure that person eats. Sixty million dollars worth of mm-hmm. yep. property yep. damage. And in ten years, they're going to be wondering how could this have on happened their, to Chicago? Where'd on, everyone go? Yeah, on their main. That's yeah. on their main. That was right. Water place. Water. What's water it tower called? Place. Yeah, water tower. That's place, where it was. Yeah. It was yeah, like a, it was one, in the high tone. When did this happen? The big riots in Chicago. Oh, oh, two, two no, days last ago? night. Two nights two ago. Two nights ago. Yeah. Oh, you know why it happened? You're gonna love why it happened. Oh, so is uh, thirteen police officers were injured. Yep, got hit in the face with bricks, things like that. Uh, the reason the rioting broke out is because the news, local and national news, reported that police shot and killed a 15-year-old black kid. But they didn't report. Is the black kid opened fire on them, so they returned fire, killing him. They still won't put that as no. the first part of the no, sentence. No, they will not. They will not put they that in. They won't do it. Mm-mm. This kid opened fire on the cops, so they had to kill. I mean, could have shot anybody. So they killed him. 
But that's not what the news report. The news needs to be shut down in America. It really it does. does. All they do is lie. They have their too ass much power, off. and they can yep. lie all they want, and no one will ever know. And, and social and, media, and too. they rioted in near north. Well, they were close. Hey, they were close to the hospital. Hospitals like yeah, two blocks right away. Northwestern's block. two blocks away. ERs right there. You can walk over if you get shot or hurt. I said to Catherine, maybe I didn't even say it to, but I was thinking it at the time, and I was talking about it on this this morning. That Gucci store is where I bought my watch and my Gucci, my very first pair of Gucci loafers when I was in my 20s in that very store. Well, now you can just hang uh, around outside of one and get a pair for like 10 bucks. $10, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he, they, they, this uh, person says it's reparations now that, that they deserve. Anything that, that they want, they should be able to take now. Well, how about the $1.7 billion you have in the bank there, BLM? Can they take that? Black Lives Matter has $1.7 billion. It's probably a lot more than that now. Would you look and see, Andy? Why aren't they hand, handing that money yeah, out? Yeah, why don't you hand that, yeah, that there's, out? Yeah, there's your reparation. That That's a lot of money. Uh, did you hear about my, my black friend? He's a do- I don't tell anybody, but he's a professor. He's a doctor. Yeah. A very PhD, big college. Yeah. Okay. He said reparations will never happen. You know why? And I said, why? And he said, because every descendant of a Union soldier that got killed fighting to end slavery, their family will sue the piss out oh, of the yeah. government. Said it'll never happen. 600,000 people died trying to end slavery, but apparently nobody cares about that part. It's disgusting. It really is. It should have never happened. But why someone today would collect money because of what happened 200 years ago. I know. Then we got to pay the Union soldiers. We got to, right? That's right. So it'll never happen. That's all I'm telling you. I don't know what to think about anything anymore. Or, or it'll be like one of those big giant corporations. We'll do the reparations, but everybody gets you know, 50 bucks, half C-note, and that's well, about it. that's about it. Yeah, that, yeah, there you go right there. Uh, oh, and, how, and how do you prove, see, how do you prove, yeah, the, the part of this is how do you prove that you are a descendant? Very and then, tough to do. And if you prove it, how much of you has to be a descendant, part of a descendant? So... Suppose I'm white and I'm one thirty-second black of a descendant. Do I get reparation? Yeah. Well, the way Native American tribes handle that, I think, is it goes to a maybe it is a thirty-second. It might be a sixteenth or a thirty-second, something like well, that. Well, the Yurok tribe's one quarter. It's a quarter. It's a quarter. Yeah. Trevor, yeah, a lot of them are a lot. Yeah, tre- tre- Trevor's one quarter. The kids, uh, no, so you don't get the tribe card, but one no. quarter you get it. And, a, and maybe each tribe is different. Maybe that's the way it is. But you, you start looking at that. Then you're going to bring back all those race laws, the, you know, the octoroon, quatroon, and all those sort of silliness. Right, exactly. Bring that silly. So how, how, where does this have rep- So everybody gets some money. I guess. I guess that's the deal. Yeah, uh, each tribe has its own uh, whatever. The lowest. Has its own limit, yeah. There are a few tribes that require only one sixteenth. So it is one sixteenth. Yeah. So the they, Iowa is, in yeah. Oklahoma. Yep. Uh, Eastern Cherokee in North Carolina, et cetera, et cetera. The most common is actually twelve and a half percent. So an eighth. That's pretty low. There it is. Not bad. We got to take a break here. I get to be hokey radio now. You ready? Okay. Make sure you hear the next segment because we struck gold. Oh, <laughs> oh, Is that hokey radio shit or not? It's perfection. Let me get the chicken. <laughs> we'll be right back. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. 
It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. Hey, it's Tom again from my friends at Profile. Let's face it, when it comes to losing weight, most of us don't care how we get there. But once we reach our goal, we end up right where we started and gain it all back. That's what I love about Profile. Profile's in it for the long haul. Profile knows that losing weight isn't always a straight line. There are lots of ups and downs. I'm so thankful my Profile coach, Danette, is there to really keep me on track when I need it most. I cannot say enough about Profile. I tell Kelly at Profile that it's changed my life. And it can change yours, too. There's no question about that. Profile has six metro locations as well as Mankato, St. Cloud, and Rochester. Don't wait. I am telling you, I absolutely believe in Profile. That is a fact. Call today or visit ProfilePlan.com for a location near you. Visit ProfilePlan.com. That's ProfilePlan.com. Owen mentioned promo code KQRS for a special discount. ProfilePlan.com. That's ProfilePlan.com. Hey, I just got out of the meeting. I can't even tell you how different it was from what I expected. Well, you know, I'm uncomfortable interviewing in the first place, but I didn't feel that way there. Everything they said made sense to me. Yeah, and Priority is the largest same-day delivery company in the Twin Cities. And after all these years of doing it for someone else, I'm ready to be part of something bigger. A job? That's what I have now. You know I need more. Driving is what I do, and Priority Courier Experts is where I want to do it now. I know, and that's the best thing about it. I could never afford to buy a truck like that on my own. But tomorrow, because they believe in my skills, I'm taking out the first brand new truck that I'm going to own on the last payment. I can't wait to be in their fleet. I can't wait to be the next expert on the road. After 20 years of driving side-by-side on the road with these guys, of course I'm excited. And all I did was check out Priority.com. Easy. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. In a couple of minutes, Judy Gold will join us. The book is called Yes, I Can. When they come for the comedians, we are all in trouble. I would uh, absolutely have to agree with that. But, when they you know, come for the comedians. Yeah. Haven't they already? Exactly. Yeah, they kind of have. Yeah. A lot of them, a lot of them that's absolutely true. But, uh, yeah, Judy Gold's going to be with us in one second. Um, ladies and gentlemen... They want. Judy, I use this really, really goofy radio thing to introduce you. What do you think of that? You ready? I love it. I love it. I went like this. I went, coming up next, we've struck gold. What do you think? That was a very nice courtesy laugh, Judy. I once yeah, that. I've never heard that before. Yeah, I, I bet you never, never, that. Bet you never heard that one before. Oh, boy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Judy, how have you been, young lady? Oh, God. It's been it's been an interesting time, Tom. Tom, 
Tom. Tom time. I love that Auntie answers the phone. I mean, it's so exciting, the whole family. Mm-hmm. The whole family's here missing you yeah. because you haven't been in studio now for yeah, a few years. you got to come to town. I'm trying to think last time you were in here. It was. Yeah. I need to come. I need to come there. But you do. If we're not, are, am I allowed there? I don't know. We're not allowed anywhere anymore. How? How is it? How are things there? Uh, pretty good. Our death rate is pretty low, uh, you know, mm-hmm. compared to the, to the rest of everybody. Ridings are down, crimes mm-hmm. up, you know. Yeah, right. Just well, like you know, but they keep releasing new video of the of the the killing of George Floyd. So it, they yeah. just released more today. So there might be more. I, who knows what's going to go on? Yeah, I saw that. I just they just came out with another video. Um, great. <laughs> yeah, it's great. freaking great. Really great. Yeah, wonderful. Just absolutely yeah. wonderful. But yeah. honestly, one of my favorite memories of you is the first time you came in the studio years ago. And you, I started talking, and you got this look on your face like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? I thought it was wonderful. Well, what were you talking about? And that's why these masks are good for me. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. That's exactly. I am right. making faces at people, and they have no idea, none whatsoever. Isn't but, that wonderful? What, wait, what were you talking? Oh, I feel bad now. No, 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 no. I love you. I, 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 anytime you come okay. any in, into town and come anywhere near us, I'm happy. I, I've always enjoyed your work, always. Oh, Tom, you're a doll. Well, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Uh, the book, yes, I can say that. When they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble. Well, there's a, there's kind of an easy, even keel delivery uh, title of a book. Yeah. When well, they come for the comedians. Don't, well, don't you think they're coming for the comedians? I, I think do. they already have. They have come for the yeah, comedians. Yeah, no doubt. It's awful. I, I just, you know, this is, the fact of the matter is that a comedian gets on stage to make you laugh. Yep. That's it. Yep. That's all we want to do. And when you decide that everything is offensive, that you can never feel uncomfortable, that you're going to take intent, nuance, and context out of a- any comedian's bit, you know, we're in trouble. We are in trouble. Like, when you commit murder. Now, Tom, you've committed murder, yeah. right? Yeah, but and then you, when you do. Right. And you're on trial... Your sentence is based on your intent, and yet we don't give the same consideration to a comedian. That's true. I, mm-hmm. I, Judy, I'm here to tell you, and we've talked about this before, too. I grew up in a very, very poor family. If it weren't for comedians going all the way back to Jackie Gleason, I don't know what the right. hell I'd have done. Seriously, it made right. my life. Right. Gallows humor. I mean, my mother used to say, you know, if we weren't laughing, we'd be crying. And yeah. that is so true comedy is a healer it's a coping mechanism everyone's always like oh what's the best medicine a a laugh it's also a weapon and it needs to be used wisely but you can't stop laughing i mean think about bob hope you know when he went to go visit and do these uso tours and he's visiting american military in foreign countries to make them laugh. What other country went, you know, and put on shows to make the people laugh, to make them feel better? It's part of, you know, our lexicon. It's America. 
It is America, Junior. And I tell you what, whenever I hear this and I hear it uh, at least once a week now, I want to start crying. It's like, well, they could never make blazing saddles now. Why right. not? The point. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, the point or of the movie. Or the producers. Or it's, you yeah. know, John Rickles. He would forget it. There's no way. Uh, no way. I love Don Rickles. Loved him. Oh, my God. It was a badge of honor yep. to be mocked by him. And he had this, like, caustic warmth. Everyone knew, like, they were waiting, <laughs> waiting to be picked on by him because it meant you were in, you, we were all the same. It was literally, he put everyone on the same level playing field. Nope, not anymore. Not anymore. Judy, my, one of the, another badge of honor I have in my career is the first time I ever interviewed Don Rickles. I said, I went, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome and come into the Carlton Celebrity Room, Don Rickles. He goes, what are you, one of the Mills Brothers? Because <laughs> I had a deep voice. <laughs> it was very funny. I mean, that's so funny. It, I, what, am I going to be offended by that? What a badge of right, honor right, that right. is, right? Right, but, exactly. And stop taking yourself so seriously and everything's not about you. No, I, don't, exactly. I don't think people are going to like that message. Because <laughs> well, right now, everything's about me, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's terrible. It, it, it's just this idea that you cannot feel uncomfortable ever. Right. Where, where did that come from? Like, seriously. I know. You know, these safe spaces, they have doors and they lead to the real world. I mean, <laughs> Beyond, like, who decided, oh, no, that might be too bad. That's the way life is. Oh, God. Judy, this is Ralph Bash. I'm not, I do the podcast on Tuesdays. And I've said, always said, that uh, comedy is the last bastion of free speech in America. Yep. And exactly. you should be able to say whatever you want. Yep. And if, right. I'm, and if I'm at your performance, I know where the door is. But you want to, right. because hearing these things that make you uncomfortable also make you think. Exactly. Give you a window into other areas that you need to think right. about, laugh, think about, but you got to think about them and understand them because that's the only way we learn. I, I mean, right. Paul, Paul Mooney, I have a hard time listening to Paul Mooney because he is a, he's, really, he's really harsh toward white people. But he, right. I want to listen to it because I want to hear his right. input. Absolutely. Right. You want to expand your mind. You want to see the world through someone else's eyes. You know, hate, I hate to bring up the obvious, but the week after George Floyd um, was murdered, the, the number eight download on Spotify was a Richard Pryor bit from 1974 about the police. Yep. I mean, it still rings true today. It shows you how far we have not come. But it people needed to hear that. People need to hear the truth and that's why they like shutting comedians down i mean look lenny bruce got arrested for cursing but they really wanted him on you know the fact that he was talking about segregation in the vietnam war but right. they got him on the cursing right words are bad no words are bad. I, I tell you honest to god one of the things that we were just talking about first of all richard Pryor, my god but his, the most brilliant joke I think he ever wrote was for the movie Blazing Saddles, and I have to change the way I refer to a couple of people to repeat the joke. Right. But the mayor stands up in the village and says, well, take the blacks and the Chinese, but we don't want the Irish. <laughs> 
And the, right. the brilliance of that joke is the most recent immigrants to the country were the Irish. And people right, didn't right. want them anywhere near them. It was a brilliant joke. Right. But God. you have to be smart. You have to be able to, you know, be self-aware, be, you know, know what the hell's going on in the world. And also, comedy is disarming. You know, it 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 brings people together. It makes us all equal, and and it's like I just I don't understand it. And you know, for the first time ever, you can't make fun of the president. I mean, you can, but then people turn on you. I mean, we made fun of every president. Every president mm-hmm. is fodder for for comedy, and yet now people are walking out, which is fine, or asking for their money back, because you do a joke about Trump. Meanwhile, he could say whatever the hell he wants. Really? The people walk out telling a joke about Trump? I didn't know that was happening. Oh, my God. They yell. They really? walk out. I, I'm in Provincetown, Massachusetts, and I mm-hmm. don't know why there were Trump supporters at my show, but they're, I don't even know why they're here, but yeah, they apparently came to one of my shows. I'm doing outdoor shows. And asked for their money back. They wouldn't, didn't get it, and they defaced my posters. Oh my god! Oh my god! Good god, Judy. Why do we only get ten minutes with you? It's not long enough. Oh, I'm look. I don't have anything to do. Why? But There's I don't want to. I don't want to overrun. I don't want to. Do you have an? I just don't want to take everybody else's time up because I don't. Yeah. And also, are you going to? Are you coming on the morning show to to talk about your new book? Are you booked yet? Uh, I'm not. Okay, we got to get you on the KQ Morning Show because we uh, there we have a huge audience as well. So no, please. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Do not tease me, Tom. I know you like to tease me. I love having you on. I think you're. you're <laughs> if it weren't my my wife sitting at the other end, the woman I adore the most, you'd come in second. I love how you have your wife and Andy and our this daughter is so Alex beautiful. is here and our daughter in law. Well, yeah, and since, and since you've been in, we've added a daughter-in-law. Exactly. <laughs> oh, Mazel Tov! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great! So, do you like her? Yeah. Well, she's, wait, she's sitting right next to me, so yeah. I have to say yes. <laughs> she's also here. She's yeah, also hello. Here. Now, Judy, uh, seriously, oh I would love to keep you on, but I don't want to run over somebody else's time. Is, it, is that going to be okay with Art Sears? Art Sears, I, have till, I, have, I don't have anything till 2 o'clock. What, do you mind staying for another segment? I'd love to keep you on. I love you guys. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I can say that. When they come for the comedians, we are all in trouble. Judy Gold, our very special guest, blessed with another segment with Judy because we only scratched the surface. That's all. Oh, come on. Judy, we've been talking to comedians on this podcast for how long? Seven years? Yeah. Well, eight eight years. years? How long have we been doing this damn thing? We start our ninth year tomorrow. (laughs) Yep. Eighth year tomorrow. Oh, my God. Another Good Lord. Nine (laughs) years we've been doing this? Well, eight years. We start our ninth year tomorrow. Oh, well, done eight God. full years tomorrow. How's yep. that possible? I anyway, wow, I, wonderful. And we were. We, I we, love. I love a family discussing this. It takes four hours. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. But I mean, we've been hearing this for uh, all this time. Uh, comedians not being able to talk about this, that, I or the know. other thing, uh, losing their jobs because they, right. yeah, because of social media backlash. I, I mean, it all started with Twitter. Well, it's really interesting to yeah. me because it, this seems to be driven by a younger generation. Yes, definitely. Right. 
I don't know. It, it definitely is. I mean, the reason I wrote the book was because I was on a piece uh, on Vice News on HBO. They did a piece about how college bookers were telling comedians what they can and cannot say mm-hmm. on stage yeah. to protect, protect oh, the students, right? And so I was the opposing voice um, on that piece. And then HarperCollins asked me to write this book. And it is, it's so, I was, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine who teaches stand-up, and she said she has a child of Holocaust survivors in her class, and the, the, she's doing jokes about growing up as a child of Holocaust survivors. And one of a, the younger students in the class, like a, in, in his teens, was like, I'm not taking this class if you allow her to continue to... <sighs> You know, do her, and it's like that's her truth. That's her experience, right? Yeah. You know, you can't shut down the way people deal with their anxiety or or whatever. You know, comedy. It's you know, it's called a sense of humor because you know you're. It's like a sense of taste. You either like salty food or you don't. You can't tell people there should be no salt. You know, no. Well, you should hear, well, I'm sure you have seen the language that people use toward uh, black people who disagree with the whole, you know, the oppression thing. You know, people, some of them say we're not that oppressed, we're doing all right, et cetera, et cetera. And on Twitter especially. Oh, God. They they say things that I can't say on this show. And it's black people talking to other black people. Yeah. Right. So it's just, it's a universal thing. They own that. I know. It's just. The other thing about the social... I have a chapter about social media. Um, and here's the thing. Like, if you're crazy, right? If you're just like a crazy person with, like, uninformed, ignorant, racist, anti-Semitic, homophobic, anti whatever, everything. Xenophobic, whatever. And your whole family's like, all right, you're crazy. You're you Now... It used to be like you could just shut them up and be like, go to your room, you're an idiot, and learn, right? But now, if you have these thoughts, you can go on the Internet and find thousands of people who agree with you. Yeah, I made that point about a week ago, actually, I think. That exact same point where there's a group of crazies for every crazy out there now. And it's (laughs) very easy to find. Whereas before, you know, you had to go into a basement and say the Magic Pats phrase to get through the door. Right. Now it's just you go on Twitter and there they are. God, it's scary. And you were, yeah, you would be secretive or you were ashamed or whatever, but not anymore. Yeah, it's a bit like like, uh, any any, uh, sexual choice that a person would make you can find a group somewhere that's, that's online to oh, yeah. visit with and talk to and get together with and no matter what you're right. into no matter how yeah, yeah exactly. even if it's dangerous or illegal <laughs> it's out there you know? right you can go find people and that just empowers you and, and makes you think you're right yep you know judy i want to i want so you annoying. to i want you to anybody complains about anything you say i want you to i want you to have them call me and i'm very I serious will. about this I grew up in a very poor family. My father was institutionalized. My mother, we used to cry whenever the bills were due. You know what saved me? Comedians. Right. Because I started laughing and enjoying life. It made my life, the fact that you people could make me laugh, made my life so much better. Right. It's exactly, yep. it takes you out of your, your horrible circumstances. Yep. I mean, I, look, I didn't grow up 
like you, but I had my issues. Sure. I was bullied a lot, but I got home. I had sitcoms. Those sitcoms saved me. Yep. All those characters who were like a part of my family, you know, um, that that those things are coping mechanisms. Laughter is important. Can you imagine a world without laughter? Forget it. Oh, God. I think we're almost in one right now. <laughs> we're getting close. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Isn't that, Eastern Euro- isn't that Eastern Europe? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, I write about, like, in 1934, they had the Treachery Act in Germany. Like, if you made a joke about Hitler, you were killed. I mean... Right. Wow. And, and it was comedians who were getting on stage and talking about what was really going on. Which is what we usually do anyway. We don't we don't we talk about all the stuff that no one wants to talk about. But I feel like it's we're getting to the point we're we're crucifying and vilifying comedians so much. Who, who knows what's going to happen next? I mean, there's no comedian at the White House Correspondence Center. Um, Trump wanted SNL investigated. I mean, what are you talking about? I know, that's not the whole deal. Look, I'll give you another example of why comedy makes me so happy. I've been going back a lot and watching, you know, old TV shows like The Mentalist or whatever, just to kind of remember right, what right. it used to be. I've been watching a lot of World's Dumbest lately, and whenever you make that face where you're disgusted or find something really stupid, I go, that's right. the same face my mother used to make to me. Right, <laughs> right. right. I love it. Thank God. It is the yeah. greatest. Judy, you got to keep plugging ahead. All of you need to keep pushing and pushing. And radio needs to back you up. And television needs Hollywood needs to get behind comedians. They haven't done it yet, but they need to yeah, right that's, now. Yeah, that's definitely true. Because it's yeah. car- career killers is when you're, you're yep. on the wrong side of whatever issue that they want you to be on. Right, right. And, you know, it, the book is, it, it's also an audio book, but... It, it gives you a history of how we got to this place and why it's so wrong. And, you know, what's great about the book is I use comedy as an example for everything. So you're laughing, but you're also learning, which is right. what a good joke does, yep. you know? No, there's no question about it. Judy, you got to come to town. you got to come. I, I, how can I, love, I... I love it there. You know I'm a fan. So if, if I had the, the station talk to Art Sears, they can pass along your information to get you booked on the morning show. Is that correct? Yes, please. Okay, we'll get that. I, listen, <laughs> I'd have you on every day if we're up to me. I, lo- you know, I love Tom, you. Tom, he told me that they passed. So you better... Um, <laughs> he did not. Mm-hmm. He said he put it out there and they didn't, yeah. Yeah, right? see, we have a whole new staff. Now we have a new producer. They don't know. So I apologize for yeah, that. But we absolutely... We absolutely will have get you booked immediately. Oh, Tom. Is the whole family going to be there? No, this is the morning show. They don't get up that early. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't even deny it. She goes, oh, yeah. That's exactly. No, I am sorry that that happened to you because I'm going to. Well, actually, I'm glad you told me. I that, want some head, you know, whatever. Okay. <laughs> I will talk to you hopefully later on this week. And if not early yes, next I week, hope. whenever you're available. All right. Well, it was nice being with the whole mishpacha. The whole mishpacha. <laughs> I think you yeah. sounded like Billy Crystal as uh, as Sammy Davis Jr. There. That was wonderful. Yeah, because they're Jews. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Judy, Judy, Judy. Before Wait, you I, go. did I just say that? Can oh I, my God, I just said that. Yeah, you did, <laughs> Judy. Before you go. Yeah. My our children who are sitting to my right and my left. Yes. Have a problem with the pronunciation of the word. B A G E L. Oh my God! I Can don't you please care. tell them? I don't care. how to pronounce it. I don't. I know it's care. Yiddish, but I don't care. <laughs> wait, what? Wait, don't, what's the just, word? No. Bagel. Bagel. They say bagel. B A G E L. Bagel. Yeah. It's bagel. There you go. You've told me straight that straight from. What do they say? What do they say? Bagel. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Croissant. You have to say croissant every single time. No, that's not. Bagel is a game. Bagel is a game. Yes, it is a game. Yeah. It's a great game. Yeah. Thank you. That's what we're talking about. Art, I hope you're listening. I apologize for this. I'm going to maybe reach out to Art and talk to you because they shouldn't be passing on on anybody that I don't A national treasure. A national treasure like... Uh, Judy, no. Good job, a boggle. <laughs> okay, again, we'll have, we're going to go have a boggle now. <laughs> Thank you, my dear. We'll talk to you very soon. All right. Be well, everyone. Bye. Bye. Judy Gold, the book is called Yes, I Can Say That. When they come for the comedians, we are all in trouble. I love that woman. I love that she goes, What do they say? <laughs> Bagel. Ah! I know, I, that's why I brought it up, because I knew she'd get wound up. <laughs> love, love that woman. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family. 